Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and oilseed and fibre markets. My name is Olivia Ager. Thanks for listening into episode 253. After a pretty dry winter, there's been a lot more interest in early weaning this year than over the last few seasons. So this week, we're speaking to an expert on the very topic. Courtney Turl is an animal production specialist in central west New South Wales with Nutrient Ag Solutions. She covers Ningen to Mudgee and Dubbo to Canaveral, helping her clients to achieve their animal nutrition, health management and performance goals through nutritional and conditional training and advice. So what we're covering in today's episode is what the benefits are of early weaning for getting ewes and cows back into condition again quickly, reducing feed costs and giving calves and lambs the best possible start, what to monitor and be aware of when deciding to early wean, plus some considerations for those that are supplementary feeding this season. So it's a great episode in store today. Courtney is very knowledgeable and passionate. I learned a lot just from listening to it. But before we do get into the episode, a few highlights from this week's market. And it was very pleasing to get a bit of wet weather around the grounds in the east this week. Patches of Central West like Dubbo and Dunedoo got 50 millimetres. Eastern New South Wales and North East Vic, as well as Central and South East Queensland, saw some of the biggest falls. This will really shore up some of that summer crop planting. And it's already started to push a bit of confidence back into the livestock market. The Eastern Young Cattle Indicator this week jumped 33 cents in what's been the most significant upside movement we've seen in months. And really breaking down the ecchi, it's been restocker buyers that are paying more for young cattle compared to feeders and processors. The northern feeder market also saw a tightening of supply and sale yards, which was sparked on by that rain. And it saw the northern feeder cattle price rise for the first time in weeks. So many will be looking for some follow-up rains to really solidify pasture growth for the summer. And looking at the forecast by the bomb, it might just be delivered. Another front looks like it's coming in the next week for the north and east. And the summer rainfall outlook's also been revised to an average or better chance of exceeding median rainfall for much of the country in December and January. One of the positives of the dry conditions to date, though, has been the cracking Aussie harvest pace. It's running well ahead of schedule with very good quality being reported, as we mentioned last week on the podcast. On the price front, though, internationally, there was plenty of bullish chatter happening with observations that the Russian export pace was slowing down, China was in the market, the Argentina wheat crop was worse than expected, and more recently, rumours that Russia may implement an export quota. But then the release of the WASDE report last night put a stop to that momentum, increasing production across all commodities, which sent prices for wheat, beans and corn lower. I will leave it there for this week and hand over to Ethan Woolley and Courtney Turl. Well, thank you, Courtney, for joining us today on Commodity Conversations. We're happy to have you here. Thank you, Ethan. Uh, I'm really honoured to be asked to come on to Commodity Conversations. It's good timing to have you on as well, because I know as part of your role, traveling all over the central west of New South Wales, which is a pretty diverse sort of area that you're right on the pulse of what's happening in terms of of livestock and farmers' thoughts on their feed and heading into summer, what's happening on the field at the moment? Yeah, it's been a been a tough year. We've um we've come off three really good seasons and um the tap kind of turned off for us early in the year. Um we probably had stock that went into winter and do it did it a bit tougher over winter than they would have traditionally. 
Um, and obviously a lot of places missed out on that spring break. So um, yeah, we're starting to see a few storms around now, which is positive. There's some good falls around and um, yeah, which is nice. I feel like the, um, the market has rallied a little bit recently, which has been probably really good for um, people's frame of mind, which is positive. Um, but yeah, there's starting to be some positivity um, back in the market, uh, which, is, which is great for producers in my area anyway. Um, we're seeing some more grain and hay come on the market recently with harvest, um, which has uh, eased some demand. Our feed, um, our feed is available at the moment, albeit expensive. We can get our hands on it. Um, so that's a bit of a relief as well. In terms of uh, what the farmers are after, in terms of your advice and the questions they're asking you, what are some of those that you've been getting recently? Yeah, so um, particularly coming out of winter, our females, whether it was cows or ewes, probably did it a bit, uh, a bit tough. So we um, are probably seeing a lot of early weaning happening, um, which I think is a really good management strategy. Um, all, although people go into early weaning because their hand has been forced a lot of the time, it can be a really positive thing for production. Um, so I think it's good to have conversations with producers about how we can reduce our feed cost uh, and, yeah, and get ewes and cows uh, into condition again to, to probably lift what they had lost early um, and also help calves or lambs uh, get a good start to life. So, um, yeah, we're probably seeing a lot of early weaning, particularly on the calf side, but we're probably starting to see uh, a lot um, on the lamb side as well, just mainly just around reducing our feed requirements. That's definitely one of the main benefits of, of early weaning. And I know that a number of the producers that you're in touch with are definitely considering it. But what are some of the other benefits of, of early weaning, particularly in this current season? Yeah, so um, if we start with the female first, it's probably our most um, effective way of getting condition back on to our females. So particularly in the cow space, because we've got such a short window for a rejoin um, to get a 12 month calf program, um, we do need to ensure that those girls are in good, good condition. So we're seeing a lot at the moment, pulling calves off um, and putting cows back on the pasture that they were on previously. Um, and those cows are going ahead really well just by taking the calf off um, and reducing their, their maintenance requirements, essentially, for lactation, we're seeing some really good gains. We've got cows that are doing kind of over a kilo a day gain on the pasture that they were on previously, but all we've done is taken the calf off. So um, we start to get some weight back into those girls to get a cycle or to, um, to get them back up for their next calf. Um, in terms of the ewes, it's very similar. Um, we do have a, a longer window for a rejoin on a use. So getting them back into condition for rejoin isn't as much of a priority, but we see it um, that if we're in a position where we're early weaning lambs, traditionally the ewes are doing it a bit tough and have started reducing their lactation anyway. So a lot of those lambs uh, are getting weaned to a point anyway. Um, but yeah, it's really around um, reducing feed requirements um, what we can do when we do early wean is the, um, the calves or the lambs, uh, when they're on a straight milk or a milk and forage diet, 
their rumen development can be pretty slow. Um, but when we feed a grain source, whether this is early weaning or in a creep feeding situation, we can get some volatile fatty acids um, that really promote the elongation of papillae. So the papillae are the finger-like projections that sit on the inside of our rumen. So the longer we can get them, the higher the uh, surface area for absorption. So we can get some good gains and set those, um, those young animals up really well for lifetime productivity. Um, if anyone's looking for a vis visual representation of this, Penn State University did some amazing trials in the dairy space uh, and they have some photos online. If you just Google Penn State University rumen development and they show you rumen development photos um, of calves fed on different diets and it's a real stark contrast between a, a straight forage, like a hay diet compared to a grain diet. Um, so yeah, my, my main thing is don't feel deflated by the fact that you have to early wean if your uh, cows or ewes are down in condition or you're concerned about yeah, calves or lambs. Like this can actually be a really good thing for their lifetime productivity um, going forward. That, that's, a, that's a great point because while some producers might think that their hands have been played here and have to go into this direction, there are, I guess, performance benefits which could potentially set them up for success heading into the new year. So I think that's really important to, to reflect on and that for producers that want to potentially move ahead with this strategy, what are some of the things that they should be monitoring their stock, knowing that some might not recently have done that for a couple of seasons? Yeah, so there's a few things um, to probably get in place before you pull the trigger on it. Um, I would say just get yourself organised. Make sure you've got a plan. Make sure you've got your feed on hand and you've got your water uh, all sorted. Um, because if we see um, those animals take a step back for one day, it can take three days for them to recover. So the idea is to pull them straight off mum and put them straight into a, um, an area, whether it's a, a, a yard or a small paddock, um, or straight onto their feed. The, the main thing during this period is to reduce as much stress as possible. Um, so we make that transition quite seamless. Um, some things to consider, I would be um, questioning your need to mark prior to weaning. It's always been the traditional thing that we mark prior, but in a situation where you're early weaning, it probably is um, something to reconsider. You can wean first and mark later. Um, just to reduce that initial stress at weaning. And then, yeah, just obviously making sure your feed's on hand. Try and make it as simple as possible because we don't want this to be a, a hard process. Um, try and kind of chat with advisors or um, people that, nutritionists, people that you trust that have been through this process before um, and ask them how they did it. Um, I would recommend doing a bunk feed, whether it be for lambs or calves, doing a bunk feed initially to make sure that we've got everything on feed before we transition to a self-feeder. Um, it's just a good way of visually getting an idea of everything is coming to feed and they are getting um, the grain intake that they need. Um, also just having a, feed, having a plan on your feeding rate. So obviously bringing grain into the diet of an animal, we do have the risk of acidosis. So that just needs to be managed um, managed well uh, to make sure that we don't cause any setbacks to those animals. But yeah, I think just being organised, keeping it simple, um, making sure that we're cleaning water really regularly because those animals will start washing their mouth out in their water and the grain will ferment on the bottom of your trough. 
um, and weaners can be particularly finicky about water. So just making sure we're cleaning our water regularly. Um, although we may not be marking at weaning, I would definitely encourage at least a vaccination um, to get a clostridial and potentially a respiratory vaccine into calves in particular, just when we're co-mingling a cohort um, of different um, animals together, we obviously run the risk of um, some viral issues. So yeah, although we may not be marking or branding per se, um, I think a vaccine is, uh, is definitely advisable. And yeah, I suppose making sure there's shade in the pen um, or the yard. Um, and yeah, just knowing that when we wean them, we, we will need to put them on some form of grain because pasture alone probably isn't going to cut it with these little ones. We need to really look after them well um, until we can get them up and happy and then they can go out on pasture with some self-feeders or something similar. When the conditions are difficult in parts of the country, which they are now, um, how can producers make the most of, of maximising their livestock nutrition in a situation such as we are in currently? So not only just the weaners, but the, the rest of their stock on hand. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is knowing what you need, knowing what your, um, your deficiency is. So whether it be an energy deficiency or protein deficiency, um, knowing so that we can then go and target and, and purchase products that really fit um, the deficit that we have. Um, so I think knowing your feed requirements for all your different classes of animals, knowing that we're meeting requirements can really, um, really target what products we do need to purchase. Um, because yeah, sometimes the cows that we've weaned the calf off, they won't necessarily need a grain mix. They might just need a dry lick with some, um, some rough feed in the paddock and they'll be fine. They'll get through. Um, but yeah, it's just knowing what, what stage you're at in your uh, production cycle, what you're deficient in, um, and also targeting that high value feed to those animals that really need it, like our early weaned um, livestock. Um, also something to consider as well. Um, I think if, if you're thinking of early weaning, it makes sense across the board. But if you are particularly concerned about one cohort of cows or ewes to wean, consider your younger ones, um, whether that's your maiden ewes or your first calf heifers, because they also have a, de a growth demand still. So they're not at their mature weight. So they obviously have a lactation demand as well as a growth demand on top. So they're doing it harder than your mature stock. So um, the, they may need a bit of extra help, um, especially if we're trying to get the cows in particular back in calf. So it can be tricky getting your heifers um, back in, a, in for second calves um, because of the weight that's potentially been lost off them with their first if they're not managed well. So if we're thinking of pulling a particular cohort off, consider your young females um, as your target group. And that, that's a great point because the future is so important with that young progeny coming through. That's what a lot of producers will be focusing on over the summer as they make the decision about buying grain to feed, particularly on the, on the East Coast and some parts of the West Coast. So with that in mind, to make sure that we're maximising what we can next season, what considerations should farmers be having before or as they're about to start feeding and bringing grain onto farm? Yeah, so um, again, it comes down to knowing what you're trying to achieve with the grain that you're purchasing, 
whether you're looking for a protein source or an energy source, and just trying to um, get the best bang for our buck in terms of whether we're chasing energy or protein. Um, protein is traditionally more expensive to buy than an energy. So if we have the opportunity to, um, to uh, mix a protein source with a grain to make it, make it a nice balanced ration, make it go further, um, then that's a good place to start. Um, yeah, and I think um, across the board, just making sure that we're really consistent with our feeding. Um, if we're getting different batches of grain, whether it's barley um, or oats, just being mindful that um, there can be varying levels of starch in particular in between those loads. So if we have the option to shandy your loads together um, as they come in, so you're not changing from one batch to another, um, that can cause some digestive upset. And results are important and because that, at the end of the day, that is the driver. Uh, what, what, what have been some of the, I guess, the recent successes that you've had in, in light of the trying times? Yeah, so we've been doing a lot of um, early weaning of calves um, recently and we've been just trying to quantify um, what that gain looks like. So we've been seeing uh, the cows going back onto pasture that they were on before, the only difference being we've pulled the calf off and they're doing kind of averaging about 800 grams a day. Um, obviously, some are doing over a kilo, um, which can be a, a pretty significant change in um, body condition score in kind of two months. Um, then we're seeing calves that are averaging, like we've had one mob of calves recently average 1.4 a day. Um, on some relatively um, conservative feeding rates, kind of under three kilos for calves that are in that 100 to 140 kilo range. So in terms of gains, we, we are getting some really good gains. It's, it's working quite nicely. Um, although, as we said earlier, although your hand has been forced, the production outcome is actually, um, yeah, it's, it's quite efficient. And I think um, the weight gain on calves is one thing, but traditionally the reason that we're early weaning is to get those cows back in calf and get some body condition score back on some ewes. So, um, yeah, while we look at weight gain as one indicator, it's not the true full story. Um, we need to then look at obviously rebreed rates as well and, and make sure that we're hitting our aim with that. Which will be a big focus in next season, I'm sure, particularly for your clients all over the central western New South Wales. Thank you so much for your time today, Courtney. It's an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And uh, I wish yourself and your, and your clients the, the best of luck for the rest of the season as we approach summer. And thanks again for uh, joining us on Commodity Conversations. No, thank you, Ethan. It's been great.